0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Steelers have finally done what everyone knew they needed to do a long time ago. What's next for Kenny Pickett now that Matt Canada is gone? Also, the Seahawks and Niners are definitely the top side for your turkey dinner, or late night stack if you're on the East Coast. And Ryan Day has no plans on leaving the Buckeyes. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the camp not miss stories and biggest debates in sports you're locked on sports today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: After a disappointing loss to the rival Cleveland Browns, in which neither quarterback was able to complete a pass on average beyond four yards, Pittsburgh <laughs> started ways with Matt Canada, which for Steelers fans means the wicked witch of Western Pennsylvania is gone Chris Carter from locked on Steelers joins me now not dead but gone Chris and why why was this the the opportunity the Pittsburgh Steelers chose to move on from a coach who was so widely
2: reviled among Steelers fans and and just people who have to watch football like you and me I think it was more so about the players to be honest I, I Mike Tomlin and I said this in my my Monday episode when you go back and you look at the demeanor of Najee Harris after that game, and Najee Harris has been, you know, neg- like he's been tough about losses, but he said, like, "Hey, we got to get it together. We got to do this. We got to," and, and, and he's defended the Steelers' coach. He's like, "It's not about play call. It's about our execution. We have to get this done. If we do these things, we win." And after this game, Najee Harris was like, he he, he was he was just holding back his answers. He was looking. He was kind of just shaking his head. And at one point, someone asked him, it "Was like, did you feel like they knew where you guys were going to be going?" And he just says. Sometimes. And and like that was that was right there. I was like, that's a sign to me. I'm like, oh, like, like, okay, that's. And then Deontay Johnson being unhappy on the sidelines. uh, Yeah, there were there were quite a few things that we've seen uh, from this from the Steelers that were kind of like they've reached a boiling point. And listen, as I broke down in the all 22, it's not that the that there's not guys open and there's not that there's not opportunities to make plays, but they're not being made. And something has to change at that point. And so then you have a decision to make do you do you get do, do you do something with your offensive coordinator that even if you know the Steelers kind of figured out and became average by the end of this year on offense that you would probably be getting rid of anyways or do you try to figure out a way to get something else going on and work with the quarterback that you hope that you could still develop into a better player and i think for Mike Tomlin that was a much easier answer and he said you know tuesday during our during the, 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 his press conference that that was his decision and his decision alone to make and so he made it um, uh, And I think that's what happened there is this was a move to keep the Steelers locker room intact, because, again, it wasn't like the Browns defense did anything amazing. I mean, there was a play where Deontay Johnson was just walking towards the end zone wide open and Kenny Pickett didn't even see him. And it was right. It was a quick slant. Cooks Denzel Ward. And there's there's not there's no one to stop him. And Kenny Pickett's too busy staring at like something at, at, at everything else and then just runs into a sack. And it was just like, man, if he can not see that. There's nothing else you can do. And that's that that was what caused the Steelers. And I think it goes back to what I said to you when we talked about Matt Canada before. It's not the play calls that the problem it's the teaching. It's the it's the getting the it's the coordinating, the organizing of the offense. And that's where everything reached ahead. They got Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach to take over as the coordinator. And then they're going to have Mike Sullivan, the quarterbacks coach, to be the play caller. We'll see how that changes things.
1: Yeah, I had Jay Sternberger on my show on Locked on Packers uh, a week or so ago talking about this, the difference between the Matt LaFleur install and the Matt Canada install. He said it's not like going back in time. It's like, you know, going around the earth and going back in time 10 years, uh, Mm -hmm. not night and day. That was what he said. It wasn't night and day, but it was like going back in time. And, And so that just seemed like if the players view it that way, It is an untenable situation to be in. You mentioned the situation with Kenny Pickett. It's easier to move on from the offensive coordinator, especially when you have a locker room problem. But what does this mean now in terms of pressure on Kenny Pickett to perform? Could we be talking about a quarterback search in Pittsburgh as soon as this offseason if things don't go better here?
2: I think you're going to be looking at a situation where the Steelers explore, explore their options either way, but not in in an aggressive. We're trying to find Kenny Pickett's replacement right now type of way. Like, I think what the Steelers do is if there's a free agent quarterback out there that that fits them and doesn't cost a ton of money, they'll give them a shot and say, like, hey, we're bringing in competition because we need to be ready in case something bad goes down. But I also think in the draft, if they like, let's say Michael Penix falls down to like wherever the Steelers draft. I don't think that they would turn a blind eye to that. I think that they would dra- they would draft according to their board and say, you know what, if he's better than, you know, uh, name a you know name a random player, a uh, uh, Jeremiah Trotters Jr. You know, and, and they're and they rank them better, and those guys are there, they might take pennies in that situation because they like, say, You know what? We, quarterback is too important a position to not take swings at. You think back to like when the commanders went and got Kirk Cousins when they had RG3, and everyone said, That's crazy. Why would you draft another quarterback? And it worked out for them for the, ne- for the next few years. The Seahawks with Russell Wilson, they had Matt Flynn. Everyone's like, Oh, you don't need to draft another quarterback. It worked out for them for quite a few years. I think that that's where the Steelers are at. And I'm not saying they'll, they'll they're not going to trade up into the top five and try to get. You know Drake May or anything like that, but I think that this is a deep quarterback class. They might explore that, and that might be something that would be very real.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Pittsburgh Steelers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Steelers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Seahawks and Niners are gearing up for a Thanksgiving classic. Before we get to that, Aaron Rodgers is jogging now. Uh, it might be jogging. It might be a soft j not really sure but apparently you just run we're into the second half of the nfl season and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins if you've been thinking about joining fanduel what are you waiting for the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders teasers and more there's a lot of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payouts. The Niners and Seahawks will be a battle on Thanksgiving night. FanDuel has the Hawks as seven-point underdogs in this one. You can also combine bets for an even bigger payout. Same-game parlay is a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel
0: now here's what you need to be locked on today
1: could it really happen could aaron Rodgers really play this year he is now jogging and hopes to be back on the practice field in two weeks. Rodgers turns 40 on December 2nd. It wouldn't make sense to open his 21-day practice window on a Saturday, but December 6th looms as a possibility. That would give him three weeks to prepare for the Jets' December 24th game against the Washington Commanders, his unofficial target for a return. Of course, a stipulation for Rogers' return is that the Jets are contending for a playoff spot, which looks even less likely than him returning fast from an Achilles tear. One day, after being told he was benched, former All-Pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard received the surprising news he was being waived by the Indianapolis Colts on Tuesday. Leonard, a six-year pro and three-time All-Pro selection, had the message hit him hard. Leonard said, I asked for a November meeting, I guess I got a November meeting. I guess you've got to be careful what you ask for, he said. He said, Leonard and his coaches have been in constant communication lately about his diminished role in the Colts' defense. It had been a much-discussed subject after he had two back surgeries last season to address nerve issues that were impacting his lower body and limiting his explosiveness. Worth noting, later that day, video surfaced of Leonard handing out Thanksgiving turkeys to people in the Indianapolis area. Still a terrific guy, even if injuries have sapped football player the new orleans saints put wide receiver michael thomas on injured reserve tuesday the team announced thomas will miss at least four games with a knee injury and will be eligible to return for the saints week 16 game against the la rams that on december 21st the move came one day after saints coach dennis allen said injuries to thomas and starting cornerback Marshawn Lattimore will quote take time to heal both players were injured during the Saints' loss to the Minnesota Vikings in Week 10, adding injury to the L, plus the insult. New Orleans signed wide receiver Marquez Calloway to the practice squad in the wake of the Thomas move. And Washington leapfrogs Florida State into that number 4 spot in the latest college football playoff rankings released Tuesday night after beating its third straight-ranked opponent this past weekend, probably going... What more do you want us to do? The top three remained unchanged. Georgia still number one, Ohio State and Michigan still in that 2-3 spot. The change in rankings is, speaking of adding insult to injury, Florida State as they lost quarterback Jordan Travis to a lower leg injury. Probably a big reason why they fell down the rankings. And over in the association, the Hawks hosted the Pacers. A pretty
0: wild basketball game transpired on Tuesday evening. It kind of captured... Uh, the national attention of the NBA world for a little while in the second half in particular, um, the final score was 157 to 152 in regulation. And that is not something that usually that you usually see, quite honestly, in the NBA. But the Hawks, of course, fell short in this spot by five points at home is their third straight loss overall and all three of those came at home where they have struggled now mightily two and five at home for the hawks this year and this all illuminates them for the season tournament it's not official at this point but certainly the hawks have, have maybe a one percent chance or less to emerge from the group as sort of a wild card contender so um, for me anyway i'm assuming the hawks are gonna be done with regards to the in-season tournament at this
1: point which is unfortunate of course
2: is another story you need to know
1: the nightcap on thanksgiving when maybe especially on the east coast central time you might be ready for a nap it's going to be some exciting football so wake up get that coffee it's 49ers it is seahawks in an nfc west showdown corbin smith from locked on seahawks joins me now and corbin this is a game between two teams that have absolutely no love lost going back what, a decade or more, multiple 49ers head coaches, these two teams always give us entertaining battles. How can the Seahawks get in this one and and make it uh, a game where they can legitimately beat the 49ers? They've got to be able to
0: provide help for Geno Smith and the offensive line. And what I mean by that is they've got to stop living and dying by trying to throw the ball deep downfield, mix in some short passing game. When they've done that this year, This offense has been firing on all cylinders. The problem's been it's been few and far between for offensive Mm. coordinator Shane Waldron. And we saw it even this last game against the Rams in the second half. They had a number of third and short situations where they didn't have any routes under 10 yards that were being ran. And they did that with a backup quarterback for part of the game. So they've got to be able to do that, sustain drives. Their third down percentage is the worst in the NFL in the third and fourth quarter in the league this year. So they've got to find a way to sustain drives and get more run plays in. They just haven't had enough plays to be able to run the ball the way they want to. So that might seem like a lot, but at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. They've got to get back to their identity, which has been fleeting at times this year.
1: Yeah, the, the injury to Kenneth Walker, of course, going to affect that as well moving forward. Why do you think they have not been as dynamic in the passing game this year as they were last year with Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, all the weapons they add Jackson Smith and Ajigba in the draft? Why isn't it clicked the way that that some people thought it could this year? Well, I think it's easy to look at the offensive line injuries they've had. They lost both
0: their starting tackles, in the mm. season opener and Charles Cross missed three games where he came back. Abraham Lucas. Doesn't sound like he's probably going to be back yet on Thursday night. He hasn't played since week one. So you can look at the offensive line injuries. They've had guards in and out of the lineup. But I don't think that has been the biggest issue. A lot of it goes back to what I just mentioned with the fact that this offense, it seems like in the first quarter when they have scripted plays, they are dynamic. And then after the scripted plays are over with, they don't make adjustments very well compared to other teams. And defenses have been able to counter what they've done early, and they're not able to continue doing the things that were working for them. They haven't ran the football well in the second half of games. In fact, Peter, the last three quarters in the league, the last three quarters in games, they are 31st in the NFL in rushing yards right now, and they are 31st in rushing attempts. So they just aren't doing things the way Pete Carroll wants to have his offense run. They're not running enough plays in the second half, and that's put a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on Geno Smith it's put more pressure on an offensive line. That's not fully healthy. So I think it's kind of been a domino effect with all of that stuff, but it feels like it has been an
1: issue adapting on offense more than anything. How much of that is, is based on the defense? I mean, this is not the Legion of boom. This is not Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and, and, you know, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, all those guys. So like, is the, is the pressure of not having an elite defense? Although I, I mean, it looks to my eyes, at least, and by some statistical measures, better this year than it was last year, that they're not playing complimentary football the way that they could be. I wouldn't pin any of this on the defense. I feel like the defense, I mean, even this last
0: weekend, yeah, they gave up. I just mean game in terms of, of the
1: offensive, th- their desire to say we have to throw the ball a bunch.
0: Yeah. If that's what their viewpoint is, then I don't agree with it at all because the defense has been pretty solid. I mean, when they lost the Bengals in that game, they gave up 17 points and that was the healthiest Joe Burrow was all season this year. They gave up 17 points in that game. This last game, the Rams, they gave up 30 in week one. They gave up only 17 in this game. So if that's the viewpoint then I don't agree with it. And I don't think Pete Carroll would agree with that, knowing how much he likes to run the football, have a balanced offense. They just haven't been able to consistently have that identity this
1: year. Stay up to date on the Seattle Seahawks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Seahawks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Ryan Day has no plans on leaving Ohio State. Despite their undefeated record, It has been an up-and-down season for Ryan Day in Ohio State. Some are speculating if he would leave for a job with a little less pressure, a little less heat like Texas A&M. Though that would, in fact, be a a warmer job. Locked on
3: Big Ted host Craig Sheeman doesn't see it. Would Ryan Day be interested in the Texas A&M job? Because let's face it, the Ohio State job, that's like a top-three destination job in the country. Every coach wants that job. Who would leave that job? So... I don't think he would be interested in Texas A&M, but it might come down to how Saturday's game goes in Ann Arbor. Really, if he loses, that would be three straight losses against Michigan. We all know about that, and it would be against a Jim Harbour-less team. He's on suspension, right? That would just add insult to injury of this situation. But again, I go back to the fact that Ryan Day has won 90 percent of his football games in five years since taking over for Urban Mark. That is remarkable. But no matter how some um, tired old cranky Ohio State boosters might be over this whole situation, I, Ohio State, there's another thing. There's another angle to take. They're not going to make a move right now like they wouldn't fire Ryan Day for losing to Michigan. That'd be really ridiculous. There's been a lot of noise, a lot of media attention throughout this entire football season. Now, a lot of it, frankly, has focused around Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and the multiple suspensions and everything going on. And they, it, seems like, it seems like all the media is focused on what's going on in Ann Arbor. Then at Penn State at Happy Valley, they've had their problems and their complaints with their offense, and they fire an offensive coordinator, and they have a quarterback that doesn't throw downfield. Iowa has the Ferentz family situation, head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator has to go cause there's no offense. Oh, by the way, they still won the West division. So a lot of things have been getting the attention of the media and even podcasts like this here on locked on big 10. And while all that noise is going on, Ryan day and Ohio state have just been taking care of business, getting better each week, not making any noise off the field. And I got to tell you right now, I did not think this maybe two weeks ago. Um, but right now, I think Ohio State's in great shape. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get it. He's a good coach.
1: And I understand wish casting if you're Texas A&M faithful. If you're an SEC rival, you might be going, oh, look what they have to do. Jimbo Fisher couldn't cut it, all that stuff. It just doesn't make sense for Ryan Day. He can recruit at Ohio State. No problem. Talent is not a problem at Ohio State. They're good every year because they have a ton of talent. The only reason you would leave Ohio State for Texas A&M is because they're going to give you Texas with the dollar sign. That would be all it's about. And he's already making crazy money. Usually what happens is an opening, a high-profile opening comes on the market. A couple names get floated out, sometimes by the agent of the coach whose name is being floated out, just so they can go back to their school and say, hey, I could leave for Texas A&M. They're going to pay me an an exorbitant amount of money. We want an exorbitant amount of money plus one. And usually, they get it. And finally, it's a time-honored tradition. Players who put together long careers retire and then immediately talk about the current version of the game as a lesser version of the one they played. Tom Brady fell for it. Speaking with Stephen A. Smith on his radio show, Brady said, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as good as it was. I don't think the the development of young players is as good as it was. I don't think the schemes are as good as they were. Oh, got to run. Tom is over here telling me to get off his lawn. Sorry. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories in sports with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, what can we expect from week 12 in the NFL season? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.